Dante, I want to first go to you. You inscribed an animated CSS package that you just tweeted out. Could you share a little bit about like why you did this? What are you seeing as a builder using recursive inscriptions? I imagine this is something that you wanted to use and then you wanted to share it with other people. Is that basically, this is the trend that I'm seeing. Something hasn't been inscribed yet, so somebody is the first to inscribe it. And then, of course, you don't want people repeating the same inscription, so you share out so that people know what else they can, what packages they can pull in for their applications on Bitcoin. Could you share about this package you inscribed? Yeah, exactly, and appreciate you having me up. So before I go into everything, I just want to say it's really inspiring to see everybody still here, even after everything is quote unquote dead. Me personally, I'm the type of person that that gets fired up when I see other people going through the trenches and, and keeping that same energy that we had when everything was at its peak. Props to everybody that's still around. And for those who don't know me, I'm one of the creators of Recursive Robots. And yeah, as far as the Animate CSS library. I've been developing for quite some years now, and it's just been one of my favorite libraries to use when I'm building out front ends. But the the badass reason behind actually inscribing it is that there's a, a number of use cases behind the Animate CSS library. And I especially advise artists in the audience right now that are working on their own recursive creations to take note of this library because it really is extremely easy to use. It's pretty much as easy as adding four words to whatever elements you want to animate. And also, it's really modular, right? So you can go into the CSS library itself if there's any animations that you like that you see there. You can modify them for your specific use cases, but there's 77 just available stock that you can use right now instantly, basically drag and drop. So yeah, that's essentially our mindset there. Where we see the future going of recursion is we see, like Danny from OCM said, it's like we're all building these skyscrapers together. And uh, we, we see a future of a lot of applications actually being built and inscribed on the Bitcoin blockchain. And that's actually what we want to spearhead with recursive robots. So we're working on a recursive invasion right now, which I won't say too much on, but you can follow our account if you're interested in that. But basically, yeah, we, we want to create experiences using recursion. So one thing I like to say is we're not a we're not an art project. We're not a utility project. We're not dropping a roadmap. We're just creating experiences that haven't been seen before. And, and we want to bring stuff to ordinals that, that hasn't been seen yet. And so that's our overall vision for inscribing the animate.css. So I'm really excited to, to see what you guys put together. And yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's a very like popular JavaScript package that like most web developers are probably aware of or have used in the past. So again, awesome to see that we now have it on Bitcoin. I think everybody should go check out the link above and just basically, if you're creating something that like has, you know, something that could benefit from this, which I think most things look a little cooler <laughs> when you add animate CSS to it. I would encourage people to do that because it costs you nothing. Like Dante said, they put in the work to inscribe it. So now you just add a few add a few words and, and you're off to the races. I appreciate that. I want to go to Bop and I want to hear, basically you inscribed all of React.js last week, like hooks, 
like you, you, the whole deal. I think this is like pretty pretty interesting for people who used React before, knowing that you guys we have it on Bitcoin now. Like very interesting. Like for listeners, React is a modern library for front end applications and front end development. So this is just basically all of the pretty interfaces you use. I don't know the gamma is on React, but it's very possibly on React. Like React powers a lot of the internet, right? It's how these interfaces that you use are created. And that tooling is now on Bitcoin, right? And that's like pretty pretty amazing because instead of just like a standard HTML website, which is how it was done in the 1990s, with just like some basic HTML tags and stuff, that's why all of the websites looked a certain way from the like <laughs> early 2000s era. And that's how the websites on Bitcoin have looked more recently because we have React, like we can make the websites look however we want. Like they can be the more modern interfaces. Again, I don't even know that we like necessarily want to do like powerful applications like that on Bitcoin, but just the fact that we can is like pretty interesting. Bob, could you explain a little bit about your process, like inscribing, putting this together, how it works, how somebody could use this? Yeah, greetings, everybody. Yeah, it's interesting because with React, it's a little bit different trying to just run it on a static page because these inscriptions that are websites are just an HTML file and you can cursively call in these other packages. But the way that React is, you usually have to have like a build cycle to compile it all down to plain JavaScript. It seems weird to do it in an inscription like this in a static page. It seems like unintuitive, but I think when some React devs see how I've got it implemented, they'll make sense. It's basically just there's this library, HTM, that lets you write the, the React style tags, which is called JSX. It basically looks like HTML tags, and um, you're just writing it like HTML components. But the process is pretty much you look through the tree of the library, so like React might call it, it'll import a bunch of other libraries. So there's the, the one slash content slash inscription ID link that might go to one um, React library. And then that one has to recursively call in five other ones. So it branches out like that. And you have to start at the beginning of the ones that are that don't require any imports. So you have to start with the ones that are required first and then build it up like a, a tree structure that way. Yeah, I'd love to do my best to talk about it and also the reinscriptions because that it all ties together into that. Yeah, Bob, please explain how many total inscriptions to get all these modules did you have to inscribe? For the plain, the basic React stuff, which is just to get a React page rendering, I think that's like maybe 10 total libraries. A lot of them are just little small modules. But and the thing is, one thing people are saying is why not use traditional build pack build style where you package it all up. But with this method of having all of the, the individual kind of modules out there able to access, then any other library that also uses these same ones, they'll all be using the same um, source inscription for that code. So once if we're in an ecosystem where there's tons of complicated websites built out with all these packages, since you're all you're getting it from the same source, it'll be like having all the files cached on your computer. So these websites are just going to load instantly because all it's going to be loading is the little bit of custom code for that site, and everything else is already cached on your computer. So I think it's going to be talk about this being the new internet. I feel like that's a new paradigm of having the full on 3D games instead of having to load in full engines and stuff and all of the assets already. If you already have the the Bitcoin state on your computer 
or for now we're just using, going through like the APIs. But I think it's massive that every all the data is already there. So these pages are just going to be loading instantly. So if, hopefully I'm making my point. Yeah, it totally makes sense. I'm hoping the listeners understood, but basically it sounds like there's a, that's a great benefit you just described there. The ability to upgrade these packages in the future. Like I think Trevor mentioned the idea of like, you have this tree. You were here on Monday and we were talking about this. And basically the idea is if you have all of the packages separately, you could just update the smallest uh, number of branches on the trees as you needed to that touch that package, right? And in that way we could upgrade our code because everybody knows like, <laughs> these, these things are constantly upgrading and you don't need to do all the upgrades, but I'm sure at some point in time, people will want to upgrade. And this kind of leaves a path to doing that that's maybe a little bit more efficient, correct? Yeah, yeah. After Trevor brought that up, I've been thinking about it a lot. And it does, it sounds awesome because, you know, if you just reinscribe, so you've got one SAT, I think people are thinking in terms of inscriptions being inscription, but really it's the SAT. So it'll be one SAT might have the main library and then every reinscription could just be like that diff file where it has the differences and then it just swaps it out. And with the JSON, the APIs basically that you're going to be calling from the main ordinals explorer. So you're going to be able to like access the first inscription or the most recent one. So you could, if you got, if you're, or all of them at once, so you could just pull them all in and then be like, okay, I want to read through the first one and then apply all of the changes of all the reinscriptions. That would give you the most updated package. Or you could, if you need a specific package at a specific point, you would just read through the list to that certain update. So you'll be able to, yeah, fully get any update. It'll have all the state and it'll just live on one set. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I see, like, the pro is obvious. Like, you, everything would just automatically happen. The con is one person controls that stat and could theoretically introduce this point of centralization. Although I guess that's how it works with NPM as well. But I guess you're manually upgrading versus just automatically happening on your bath. But yeah, like it's quite interesting to think about. <laughs> like the conversation last week was like we were like putting together that with the reinscription recursive endpoint and reinscription and bidding in marketplaces, Zach found like this absurd edge case. <laughs> like it is really interesting all these tools coming together, what it actually powers. It's hard to know. It's hard to know exactly like the pros and cons of these things. But yeah, like certainly this seems like an interesting use case for reinscription that I pro I doubt maybe they did, but I doubt when Casey was first thinking of reinscription that people would be like using it to power React more efficiently. Yeah. The possibilities are endless the way I see it. Building this foundational stuff I think is just the first step. And once it starts going parabolic, React devs and everybody coming on saying it's possible, it should just should get crazy. Yep, 100% agree. So I want to open it up to let people ask you questions and just have a conversation around what are the kinds of things that we can build? What are the setbacks of why we're maybe having trouble building certain things? Anybody listening right now who's tried making recursive inscriptions, played around with this stuff, what have been your pain points? What are you finding really nice? I think in general, I think we all understand the idea of there's a lot of the way the internet like mostly works is that there's all of these from the kind of front end side of things, there's all of these packages of code and we don't have the kind of server, the backend stuff necessarily, like that would have to be done through the kind of Bitcoin blockchain, but we have the entire front end of all this stuff, like the front end of the internet we can do. And it's just a bunch of packages of JavaScript code. And basically the people like Bob and Dante, like they're inscribing this code 
and then making these example applications. It's very cool to see these like applications popping up on Bitcoin. As a developer, it's very exciting to know that it would be a daunting task to, to go and say, create a React app on Bitcoin with animated CSS, right? After the work these two did, you just add a few lines of code and, and you're off to the races, right? I don't know. We're, it's leaps and bounds every week here. So I want to go to the... Yeah, go ahead, Bob. Yeah, but before we get to them, I'll just touch on the concept that I'm thinking with it, which is, yeah, if we have all these libraries, we can build modules so that a lot of different artists... Art's the big thing right now, and I've been talking to a lot of people in the community about it. And a lot of people have different kind of use cases of how they could use like powerful tool. But instead of trying to build, I, I feel like building out in the open is, is the way to do it. But trying to build like a massive app that can do everything might be tough. I had some really good brainstorming conversations with Sir Gadfly. And I've talked to Schwank about it. Different artists that could use little engine things to built in React sites to be like custom tailored, almost like canvases. The Gadfly would be like the Gadfly glitcher. And it would be a thing where you could import images and stitch them together into GIFs and do effects on them. There's all there's like that side of things and also like the 3D game engine stuff. So I think if we build little modules out in the open, let people piece them together, then a lot of cool stuff can get built. Thousand percent agree. This is definitely the vision that I think we should all get behind. It's like these are just packages of code. Like you can literally <laughs> like code is this abstract set of building blocks that you can use to literally build anything. The entire world runs on code. Yeah, I don't know. Like, definitely, I think artists can use code in very interesting ways. I definitely think people can make just, like, interesting, like, educational websites. I've seen people make galleries for their inscriptions, collection, like, all sorts of fun things. Like, all these 3D inscriptions as well. Somebody inscribed a 3D physics kind of engine simulation um, yesterday. That was, like, incredibly cool to see. So... People are taking these packages and creating really cool stuff. So, like, the end result is instead of the inscriptions being more simple, like, when you go to an Ordinals Explorer, you can actually see, like, really interesting applications being built because all the building blocks are now there to do that, right? And I couldn't really say that a month ago necessarily, right? You had to do a lot of the heavy lifting yourself. Now anybody can come along and just start making React apps. That is what's really cool to me. And what's even cooler is that those people are going to say, hey, I need this package too. I want to use this one. So they're going to go inscribe it. And then now that's accessible to everyone. And all of a sudden, like basically we just put NPM, like we put all of these packages on Bitcoin, right? We're not going to ever be exactly the same as modern web development, but like we can sure try to get really close and certainly further than we have today. And the more people we get building and doing this, the more code gets inscribed the more cooler things we can uh, create. And I think that's like the ultimately the output. There's a lot of people listening today who maybe they're not coders, they're not that interested in that. The inter- like the reason you should care about this is because there's going to be some badass inscriptions. Like you can get like neat or interesting new applications, new websites, new minting experiences. All of these things are, are the obvious ones. And then there's probably going to be a lot more interesting things that people create beyond what I'm going to be able to come up with on the spot here. So... All in all, if anything, it's worth it doing it for the coolness. Like, we should be able to build really cool stuff on Bitcoin. That is alone a very compelling vision. And if some of these things end up being cool and actually useful and practical and great ways to use Bitcoin, well, then that's even better. That's obviously even more incredible. Snoop, what's up? Hey, yeah, a couple of questions. So awesome conversation, first and foremost. Uh, recursion is really exciting, and I've been digging into it myself. And I'm curious, if... When you're inscribing a library, do you have to just inscribe just a library? 
Or could you inscribe, let's say, an application like a game that uses that library and then use recursion to pass out just the library from within that game, ignoring all the superfluous code, and then using that in a subsequent inscription? So you could. I don't think that's the way that makes the most sense to do it. Like, it would be a pain in the ass. If there's a package, it's meant to be a standalone package that just sits there. The kind of approach that Trevor, like Zach, Buff are advocating for is just inscribe the packages as their own inscriptions, right? And then anybody can reference that with just the, the one-line recursive call. Theoretically, yes, it is possible to import all of the code, parse it all out and stuff. I don't think anyone's going to do that in practice. So it would more be just for yourself if you were going to have an application that way. Nobody has to do anything. If you want to inscribe all the packages together for your application, that's totally fine. Really, <laughs> we're not going to scold you. But there's this idea of everybody inscribes the packages separately, and then everyone in the future can use that as well. That's the like really cool part. Yeah, so I, I suppose so. removing the friction for anyone else to have to do anything else to use it recursively is obviously the way forward, which is a shame because I was thinking it would be cool if you could dress these these libraries up in some shape or form, and what I was thinking is in use cases. Um, so you'd have an example of how this thing could be used um, as a library um, to demonstrate the power of this ordinal, um, but basically you're just inscribing the entire library into that ordinal. And so, I, I don't know, I, my, my follow-up question to that was, is there already some sort of database of all libraries that are on chain already that have already been inscribed? Bop or Dante, like, I don't, I'm not super aware. I think there's a GitHub repo that somebody created. I would encourage yeah. someone to create a recursive inscription of that GitHub repo, so we put it on chain. And then there's explorers that are, like, Zach and I are building Ord.io, right? This is definitely something on our radar of, of how we can allow people to not just explore inscriptions and stats, but also these kind of recursive JavaScript modules. So honestly, Leo, if you can have a subcategory for just tools, basically just inscription tools, libraries, and it just filters out everything but the libraries so we know what to deal with, that would make life so much easier. Yeah, so what you can do today is we have a JavaScript tab and it's definitely worth browsing that JavaScript tab just to see what there is, right? Also on inscriptions, if you see an interesting inscription, you can just flip the little code, click the code button. It flips the inscription around to the back side of it. You can read the code and see the inscriptions there. And, and there's actually, OrdaScan does a really good job of like actually pulling out those modules and showing them to the, the users so you can see which modules are powering what. But yeah, in general, I agree. Like the experience that you want with like, the experience you really want is here's like the top 10 CSS style packages. Here's the top. 10 of this category basically here's the top like 500 packages you would probably ever want because that's probably enough and how do you show and explore and, and source this information it's an interesting question and there's some interesting approaches to it i think the way npm does it where you just see the stat of how many imports there have been of this package in the last week and the last month and the last year that's a great stat that's incredibly helpful so if we were to show that on every inscription and, and it's totally possible to do this I think that's like interesting data, right? That that I think could potentially be one way to help solve this, the discoverability problem around these packages. One thing as well, too, that could be an interesting project for anyone in the audience, you could actually use recursion to create basically like a, a recursive package repo where either use reinscription and just reinscribe for the new packages as they come available. Or alternatively, once Ord integrates the ability to, to reference SATs, being able to reference SATs, I think, is big in connecting different packages as well. So 
could be interesting. Yeah, you, somebody could right now if they wanted to. This is a pretty straightforward solution Dante just gave. You would basically create a single inscription that is just a, it's a basic package that somebody goes out, finds the top 100 packages, and then makes it so that you can easily import them through this one inscription. That's a very compelling solution, just like a wrapper for all the top packages. I think that's a great idea that somebody could do today in a fairly straightforward manner. Yeah, what's up, Prism? Yeah, just to piggyback off that before I get to my question, there's a GitHub called Ordinal Public Goods, and it lists most of these. I don't know if it has all of them, but it does list most of them. Snoop, I can send you a DM with that link if you haven't seen that. My question was, we're describing a lot of these different packages that are helpful in different ways. But from a creator standpoint, there are things out there that there are artists that use certain tools that make their artwork very heavy, or they make artwork that is just generally very heavy. And would it be possible to create some sort of open source version of a, an Adobe After Effects or a Photoshop or something like that? Is that something that's possible? Definitely. And that's yeah, what I've been thinking a lot about. And it's the way I see it is having the underlying engine to be able to manipulate the graphics and then having a UI over it. Those pieces are coming together. And yeah, I think there's a lot of possibilities there for it being on-chain to build this stuff. And basically, yeah, being able to build your actual the graphics part, maybe stitch together images, put the effects on that way. Like you said, a lot of these GIFs and stuff, they're like baking in these effects and then inscribing a large package, whereas you could be making the effects in the engine on chain and it being a smaller file, having a lot more of your limitations removed because you can not have to only worry about a couple frames and stuff. But so you can, since it's in an HTML page in JavaScript, there's libraries that can export your canvas to a GIF or to a WebM or just to a PNG. So that'd be how you can generate a small scene and then be able to show it in full resolution, save like a 4K image of it is because it's running through the browser like that. And you can do the same for animated stuff. So I'm curious if you could almost have when, where you make the inscription and it goes right to that ID and it just spits out the image. I think there's a lot of possibilities there. We saw people doing this with audio like a month ago. There were a few really interesting experiments where you can inscribe a few MIDI files and then all of a sudden, if you have the JavaScript packages that can pull those in, you can out the other end comes this like incredible kind of on-chain beat. Yeah, fundamentally, all this stuff is possible. I would say, let's walk before we run. We don't have to go straight to the craziest stuff ever, but let's build some kind of more MVP-style novelty experiences still. I think that's where we're at as a space. And just like, prove that you can do these things. Because, yeah, like, again, if you can do it on, like, Google Chrome through the internet... Pretty much, you should be able to do it through, like, an Ordinals Explorer. As far as I'm concerned, I think, yeah, like, people were surprised when they saw the, like, Doom game get inscribed. I think it's a sub-1000 inscription. It's this awesome kind of 3D game. And they're like, how do you store something, all this 3D? It's just code. If you programmatically generate things and you use JavaScript packages like this, that's, like, what the Internet runs on, right? The Internet is not just, like, loading giant files over and over. That would be very inefficient, right? Of course, for us, it's even more important that we leverage code simply because the Bitcoin box space is extremely scarce and costly. I think we just need to keep experimenting. I, I think there's a community that can come together around this, share what they're working on. We've had a, people like Bob and Dante on the show. And yeah, let's build some like kind of fun novel applications. I don't think it has to even necessarily serve a huge purpose. Like 
create something fun just because it's fun to write code. Uh, that would be my kind of two cents here of, of where we're at. Yeah, no, me. Answering the prism question about Photoshop, it would be hard, actually. There are so many tools in Photoshop, and like just to put the library there, I don't know, it feels right now super impossible. But since we have already like React there, right, maybe like we can think about it. And I don't know, what would be the benefits of even like putting the whole library there? Is it like about decentralization that we don't have to use the company's applications for creating art? Is it the one benefit that we're like targeting to? The reason I asked the question is, you know, there are artists out there that are boxed out from inscribing their work today, although it will definitely be possible in the future. Um, like I'm thinking of one in particular that really wants to put his work on ordinals, but he spent so much time and effort and his animations are just, they're really intricate and they're really unique. And he relies on After Effects. And I think we're a little spoiled with everyone, all the artists that are so open to jumping into code and, and different things. But there's always going to be those artists who aren't able or willing to do those things. And so that would just open up this door of a completely more robust style of art having the accessibility of inscribing. Totally, totally agree. No way to answer your question that I'm curious Bob's thoughts, but React basically introduces this concept of a virtual DOM and basically a set of like innovations around creating user interfaces through a web browser. And like the reason you want that is because it's just a way superior user experience, right? The things you can build are just way cooler. So if you go to Google websites from 1995, the reason all of the inscriptions look like these websites is because when you're just using some kind of HTML and CSS and just blocking everything together like that, that's the output is, look, it's fine, but it's not going to be a modern kind of interface that's going to blow anybody away. React is the library for creating those much more compelling experiences, which Twitter and pretty much every website that you use today is built on. The answer is the experiences are just way, way more compelling with React. And that means the inscriptions, I don't know, if recursive robots, for example, is going to make their next minting mechanic, maybe their first version was a more basic MVP version, they could create a full React app and literally make whatever the web, like the inscription could look or be or feel or do anything that it wants now and really be on the bleeding edge of like modern 2023 web development so that that's like a huge advantage like web development's come a long way in 20 years right and we want our inscriptions to match the kind of like quality experience instead of today like you go to an ordinals explorer it feels like you're being teleported back to the internet from 20 years ago and which is fun but i think react is the unlock that allows you to have the more compelling inscriptions right yeah and i think like why you'd want to use like a graphics tool on chain as opposed to Photoshop, since Photoshop's going to always have better tools or something, is I see it more as just an added kind of tool in the artist's palette. So maybe you're making all of your art in your traditional programs that you're used to, and then maybe you're running it through this on-chain thing to maybe do some After Effects and take out this color pixel and make them glow or something. Do uh, Or maybe you're making your GIFs and you want to just bring in a couple of sprites. So you're fine-tuning your images in these other programs and then bring them into this to actually finalize them and be able to stitch them together, have more frames, add-on effects and stuff, and not have to have all those pixels be imported because you're like exporting it from all from the program outside the chain. 
think it could be interesting as well on the topic of creating a, an on-chain Photoshop. For those that don't know, with, with recursive robots, the, the first minting experience that we had was uh, a new protocol called the Forge, and essentially it allowed you to piece together your own custom robot. Our entire collection was created by the community, and with the new V2, which is a little bit of alpha, we're actually taking that to the next level, and we're going to have a lot more customization options, such as hue and saturation sliders and a bunch of crazy new artwork. So it wouldn't actually be that hard for us to take that to another level and create a platform for maybe non-coders to be able to create their own recursive inscriptions or recursive forges to create their own minting experiences. So if that's something you guys want us to do, just hit my DMs and definitely happy to, to consider it.